Welcome to the Shiesty Show Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, back with episode 22. This is the Shiesty Show Podcast, where we talk about sports, music, entertainment, and everything in between. Uh, you can find us on the Spotify and YouTube at the Shiesty Show Podcast um, on both those platforms and uh, trying to stay committed to it every week, every Wednesday. These will be dropping um, May 1 yesterday, but today's Thursday and I made one a whole podcast yesterday recorded the whole thing and uh recorded for nothing after I found out it wasn't recording so you know what but we're gonna stay committed to it man and happy to bring you another show so let's get right into it with my squad uh Aaron O'Connell man uh dude looks like your Norro uh Jesus at your school and shit man like you know you always knew a Jesus when you was growing up so it's just, um, but this man can play ball, man. He's beaten two uh, solid teams that are coached well, very pristine franchises, you know, Super Bowl champions, uh, you know, Niners and, and former Super Bowl champs not too long ago in the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he, he He's looked good, man. He's played with uh, some dudes that are probably won't be on the team, but he's also putting up numbers with dudes that, were on the team last year. I know uh, Cole Sr., I know he was a wide receiver for us that played pretty good. He had a game-sealing touchdown against New England last year, so he's putting up some uh, good routes with some of these guys, man, and he's looked sharp. So uh, in, in my honest opinion, I feel if Jimmy G doesn't come out and ball out for the Raiders the first eight or nine games, I think the Raider fans will call for uh, Aaron O'Connell to come in and, and uh, provide a spark. I think Raider fans are tired of losing. And uh, the the leash is short with Jimmy G. Um, he's proven to be a winner by taking his team to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's not – you got to complete the job, though, and win the Super Bowl. But, you know, he's put up more playoff wins than Derek Carr. So, to me, it's an upgrade. And I feel like this will be the thing to do for the Raiders um, – Aaron O'Connell is the future. From these two games, he just looks poised, very, very confident, and his arm strength, pretty big arm, pretty big kid. Um, so he he's he's looking good, man. And and like I said, I really think this puts the pressure on Jimmy G to come out and perform well because uh, if he doesn't perform well, then Raider fans they're not going to let another four years slip by. Um, after coming off the Derek Carr debacle. So we, we we got some time here with him. Let him, you know, I think it's perfect situation for him to, to come in and uh, learn from a winner and someone that's actually been to the Super Bowl. Uh, say what you want. Niners defense carried him. Say what you want. You still need good quarterback play to even get, you know, sniff the playoffs, let alone when, get to a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, he's proven he can win. And uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes down, man. Um, should be should be pretty interesting. Like I said, if Raiders start off like one and six, two and five, um, then I can see I can see this, you know, switching up for Jimmy G, uh, you know, and if he's not healthy, I think this guy's ready. And he, he's he's ready to take the team over. Um so we'll see, man. Sticking to with my team, uh, Josh Jacobs, rumor is, um, rumors are that he's coming back to the team 
and they'll finalize the deal for him. Uh, I always knew that he was going to be a big piece, uh, still young. I know they're probably a little worrisome after seeing uh, people like Zeke and uh, some of these running backs that, that fall off once they get the big deal. It tends to happen. You know, um, quarterbacks are usually in their later years when they finally get the money they're looking for. So, you know, we'll see. Hopefully this doesn't come true. I think Josh Jacobs is 25 years old right now, so he's still fairly young. And I think that's what he's looking for to deal. And I think that he's proven and accomplished enough for him to deserve some more money, man. Um, what that money is, I don't know. Pay him as one of the top running backs for sure. You know, definitely best running back in the league last year. Most yards, uh, game-winning touchdowns, just runs with a lot of power. He's not the biggest guy, you know. And um, I know last year when he had that fake penalty, when he literally threw the guy off of him, looked like Derrick Henry, except that boy ain't 6'3". He's 5'7". Uh, he just he, he falls forward and he gets you those, those tough yards, man, and we're we, we definitely going to need him. If we're gonna look to make a run this year and uh, make some noise, so uh, that's that's good news for the Raiders. Uh, going back to Zeke, you know, traded to the Pats. I don't know if I really talked about this last week, but you know, traded to the Pats. Um, just you know, like I said, once some of these running backs been in the league for a while and uh, played hard enough, they they get paid, and uh, it's unfortunate that. A lot of the times after they get the big deal, they kind of have a, a big big fall off from from previous years or, or, or the years that got them to that money anyways. Um, so, you know, but I, I think he's going to a good system in, in the positive. I think Zeke still has some left. I do think he's he's a bigger guy. He can be like your third down goal line back for sure. You just, just feed him when, you know, short yardage situations. Uh Belichick, I think we use him in the perfect way. You know, he can still block um, pretty good. So I think he's got a couple years, two, three years, four years left in the tank. So, you know, much, much respect to Zeke. Uh, per perfect situation. Say what you want about Belichick, but at the end of the day, he's a good coach. Um, so we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that works out. But, yeah, I, I didn't get to touch on that last week. I think that was a pretty good pickup for the Patriots. They just need Mac Jones. To really show out, even though they lost Jacoby Myers, they really need Mac Jones uh, to to come out and, and play well for them to to really make some noise. But I think that was a good pickup for the Pats, in my opinion. Uh, football's coming soon. College football here on Saturday, so you know it's it's getting close to that time of year when the when the leaves start changing, weather gets cold. Put those hoodies on, you know, and uh, smoke one. When it got an overcast, blaze one, get high in the clouds, tap dance, you know, kick cutty shit. So, you know, it, it it's it's that time when uh it's getting it's getting close. Football time is the best time, favorite sport to watch, uh, most entertaining to me. I could watch football all day, even if it's not my team. I could sit back and uh, you know enjoy it all day. Um, Sundays definitely don't bother me because I won't pick up the phone. Strictly NFL Sundays, baby, coming back. So you know, excited about that, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how things turn out there.
But uh, moving on to some boxing news, Canelo, Jamal Charlo, uh, September 30th coming up. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think Jamal's going to shock a lot of people and come out and do good. Uh, do I think he'll win? I just think Canelo too big, too much experience. He'll find a way to pull it out. But for sure, Jamal Charlo, man, I don't think he's coming in here to be stepped on or walked over. Um, so I think I think he's going to come in and, and, and be sharp. But overall, Canelo's still in his prime, 32 years old, even though some say he's starting to slip. But after the Bevo fight and the Ryder fight, not looking, you know, as dominant as he's looked before. So uh, this, I think this this is a big statement fight for Canelo right here. So he's still in his prime, still got it. Uh, Jamel Charlo being the young guy, 154-pound unified champ. So it's not like, like I say, he's not no pushover. Um, he's, he's got the stats to hold his own against Canelo. And uh, we'll we'll see how that one goes, man. That's that should be a good fight. Um, rocking with Canelo to win, but I do want to see Charlo pull it out. That's my pick. Never bias. I'll just speak facts. You know what I mean on this podcast. That's how we do it. Uh, next, we got the Crawford Spence part two. Um, I think I think this is going to be a good fight. I do think Spence is going to use his rematch clause. I don't think he's going to accept the way he went out and, and, and caught a beat down. I don't think he's going to take that lightly or accept that. So um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I still think it's going to be Crawford pulling it out. But I think if they do fight at 154 is which, which they're saying because both of them said that uh, it was hard to make 147. Um, so, you know, 154 for... All the glory, the rematch. Spence, I think, definitely will make some adjustments. I just I just think Crawford is too skilled and, and one of the best we've ever seen. And uh, But I, I do expect this rematch to happen. This is just a little prediction. You know, uh, still needs to be signed and delivered, but I do think this fight will happen. I think with the way Aaron Spence uh, looked on TV, I don't think he's going to be able to live with that. He's, he's a fighter, fighter spirit. Uh, he's going to use that rematch clause, and we'll see part two uh, at 154. So I think that's 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 good, man. We're having a good rivalry right here. Hopefully Spence can come and make it uh, entertaining because that's usually how the fans get part three, part four. So we'll see how that goes. You know, Fury fighting the former UFC champ. Um, that's, 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 uh, that's big news right there, man. Big news for, for boxing. It's just... A lot of these UFC guys, uh, I forgot the guy's name right now, but another UFC champ I've been seeing a lot on Instagram. Uh, long hair, white boy, talking about knocking out Tank Davis. <laughs> I think some of these UFC guys are a little uh, delusional when it comes to, to boxing and UFC. I don't think a boxer could go into UFC in the octagon and really put up a fight. They'd probably get choked out real quick. So I don't, I don't see why boxers think they can go in the ring and just because they're good strikers in UFC, they can come here and uh, just just knock out a boxer. It's not going to happen, especially these guys that's been training since they were young kids. Someone like Tyson Fury, his name is Tyson uh, for a reason. So, you know what I mean. So, uh, I just I just I think that UFC guys got power, 
but it's totally two different things. And if you're not training for it every day, you do some striking. Boxing is all striking, hand-to-hand combat. So uh, it should be Tyson Fury uh, unless he gets hit with something crazy. But do I think anyone hits harder than Deontay Wilder? Probably not. Uh, so um, that's that's the prediction for that fight. But in general, you know, this will probably be the biggest payday he's made. Nawaro, I forgot how you say his name right now. I can't say it. I'm not the biggest UFC fan. I don't want to butcher his name. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Coming in October, Tyson Fury, former UFC champ. Um, You know, I did hear about the story how... Dana White was only paying him for being a heavyweight champ about six fifty, six hundred fifty thousand, to defend his title at UFC pay per views, and uh, to see some of these guys like Nate Diaz, Tyron Woodley, Ben Askren, um, uh, Silva, Silva fought twice, actually beat Chavez, and uh, came and fought Jake Paul. A lot of people don't remember that one, um, but. You know, those guys made some of the, they probably made the biggest payday of their life boxing a YouTube guy and then defending a championship in their own home sport. Uh, that's pretty, that's pretty fucked up to me. I always kind of looked at that, how uh, Canelo can bring out some dude that's a janitor, get that gig, <laughs> get that guy like $2 million, and and Canelo take home $15, 20000000 million, people pay to watch um but these guys are getting 650 675,000 to defend the, the championship um if you're Conor McGregor the very Ronda Rousey select few you know probably bringing in the millions but other than that if he went on a lower scale uh kind of kind of makes it to kind of look at things funny how the UFC does things but you know it is what it is, man. Uh, but it, but it should be a good fight. It should be a good fight. Uh, Tyson Fury, check it out. Coming in October. Uh, let's get to some some more news. Stephen A. Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp uh, coming to first take, man. I think this is gonna be a great, uh, great show. I think they both have a lot of similarities. Talk loud. Uh, try to get the point across uh, verbally, aggressively sometimes. Uh, but, uh, I just think a lot of times Stephen A says a lot of bullshit, says his sources and then players come out and say, who are your sources? Um, <laughs> so, so we'll see, man. And I think Shannon has enough credibility now and, and enough, you know, cachet for him to actually stand there and go toe to toe and fire back at Stephen A and, and, and kind of, you know. Show him up on his own show. I think I think toward the end of Undisputed, Shannon really made that show, and I think Skip started to realize that, and 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 flipped the script, and got him out of there. So, you know, but that's another story. I think I think this is a great pickup for ESPN. First take, I didn't really. Him and Max were cool. Was it the same? Uh, he's been having different people come on, but I think this is a great pickup for Stephen A. and and this is a great job for Shannon. He really has the opportunity to really take this over. If he comes in here and and boosts Stephen A. past Skip, that's even that's even more dagger to the heart. And I do think there's a little bit of that here. Uh, 
Shannon, <laughs> he's a competitor, you know, won championships. Always talks about being competitive. So I think a little bit of that competitiveness had a part in his decision to go to ESPN and do the show, uh, do the show with, with Stephen A. Smith. Uh, so it should it should be good, though, man. I think this is going to be a good transition for him, perfect. You know, he's used to being there. Uh, he's been commentating for a long time. Remember when he used to do the CBS pregame show on Sundays, you know, with JB and all them guys, and, and he was – you could just tell the character he was then. Funny guy doing jokes, playing pranks, and, and talking a lot of trash. So uh, I think this is a good pickup for ESPN, man. Congratulations to Shannon. Uh, Stephen A, he's got a new dance partner, so definitely going to check that out. Um, also, Drake's album coming soon. Uh, artwork out now. Uh, his son drew it. Looks, you know, looks pretty dope, man. Uh, for a little young kid to draw that pretty fits the album for my dogs or for the dogs. I believe the album is coming soon. Artwork looks dope. Uh, man, it's it must be in a great place for Drake. Uh, not, not the biggest fan of him personally, like he got slaps for sure. But at the end of the day, you're, you work your way into a place where you decide, oh, I'm going to just let my son draw my album cover and nobody can tell you anything, your label, the distributor, anyone that, you know, is distributing his music, can't tell him what he puts on, on the cover. He's just that type of artist. I'm going to do what I want to do. I can put an emoji. Uh, I can let my son draw a painting. Um, so that's that's pretty dope, man, that he's able to work himself to be one, one, one of the best, man. At the end of the day, no matter what you say about Drake, whether you like him or not, whether you think he's a simp or not, whether you think he's hard or gangster, at the end of the day, nobody can take away the fact that Drizzy's been here from 2009 to 2023. There's no in hip hop, and not only here as making music, but here and is irrelevant, still making slaps. That's a difference. A lot of these artists that we love when we grew up, we listen to them. A lot of them still put out music to this day, but I cannot tell you a song that they're putting out because no one's running to that music anymore. So for him to be in a game from 2009 to 2023 and still be putting out quality music, man, it's just a testament to his run. And, and I don't think I've seen a run like this since 50 Cent. Uh, but 50's run wasn't this long. I would say 50's run was from like 02, 03 to like 2007, 2008. So um, over 10 years for Drake, man. A decade in. Uh, you gotta salute him for that Whether you like him or not So I'm, I'm excited to hear the album I didn't really like Certified Lover Boy uh, Not not really for me Couple couple hot songs of course uh, The last real Drake project I think I felt I listened to A lot was probably Scorpion 2018 So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how he comes out With this one um, Last thing We got a couple more things on here uh, we got Eminem versus the world. That's what I'm going to say. Eminem versus the world. I feel like there's a lot of artists in this game. Charlemagne, Lord Jamar, uh, 
you know, just there's there's a lot there's a lot of names out there. Can't think of them all right now, but I gave you a few. Anytime Eminem's name is brought up, Eminem, Eminem, Eminem's name is brought up, it's always in a disrespectful or no regard for what Eminem has done for the game. I think it's very dismissive uh, how they how they speak on his name, uh, especially on the on the Breakfast Club. They always throw Jay Z as the best rapper. Uh, constantly, Jay Z, best rapper, best rapper, and what what are we basing this on 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 status of culture, moving moving the needle because Eminem has albums like Marshall Matters LP, Eminem Show, you know, White America. Some of these songs that really, you know, Eight Mile Song. Some of these songs that really move hip hop to another level. Now you want or, or so if we're talking about culture. You know what he does. Uh, whatever they want to want to say, Eminem didn't get him on Renegade. I still think he did. I just think they just like to discredit it now because he's a white dude, and and a lot of this race stuff going on. I think a lot of it is to discredit Eminem because he's a white dude. You know, a white dude and and doing black music, um, but doing it at a very high level. And it's one of the best, man. And the real ones, know there's, there's, there's Red Man, uh, Little Wayne. I've heard these guys in interviews say, you know, Eminem's one of the best. Uh, but, you know, very, very dismissive by some people in the media. And you could tell the bias. You can see it. It's not hard to see. Uh, Melly Mel coming out and, and delivers some hot garbage. And it, it was all rooting the hate interview. Talking about Eminem this. I watched Eminem in the battle. Da-da-da. Eminem came out and threw a couple bars into him real quick. And 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 the end of the day, he came back with hot trash and nobody will ever remember it. So, you know, it's just time and time again he's proven. You know, I still think MGK got the best diss against Eminem. But uh, anyone else, man, and that's white on white crime. <laughs> white on white crime, man. He gave the best diss. And it's and it's a lot of the times it's these guys trying to discredit him because he's a white dude. And uh, I don't see color, man. This hip-hop, is the bars hot or not? That's what it should come down to. And uh, you can't deny him and them, you know, one of the greatest ever. Now we talking about silent records. <laughs> Eminem sold more records. Only only artists to sell probably more records than Eminem is gonna be Drake, Michael Jackson, Mariah Carey, people like that. Other than that, you ain't even on this level. So we're gonna leave it like that. This has been a podcast episode twenty two, the Shiesty Show. Yo. Yo.